0: The number you have reached, nine one one, has been changed to a non-published number.
1: You're listening to UCW Radio. In your face. Good. Welcome to another segment of UCW Radio, and this is your host, Lou, a.k.a. Falcon Co. Paris. And I want to thank all of our listeners for your continued support as we're bringing on great guests with Some great inspirational stories on the show. Keep listening because they're just getting better and better and better. Uh, Today on the show, we're going to have a special guest. Uh, She is a woman that isn't letting the male-dominated world of mixed martial arts put a damper on her continued success or on her spirit. filling up an arena with close to 8,000 people At only their fourth show in New England for a mixed martial arts event. They're treating the fans, vendors, and sponsors like royalty. She is the total package. She has all the components to rock the MMA world to its very core. But, in a good way. All in a good way. Now, before we bring her on the line... As I always do, I have to give you some information. Uh, Listeners can actually call us with your questions, your comments. Uh, We want to hear from you. So get a pen and write down the number. It's 323-952-4369. That's 323-952-4369. So whether the show is live or not, you can actually call in, leave a message. And if it's interesting enough, trust me, it'll be played on the show for all to hear. Just uh, be nice, please. And if you want to know who our guests are, just go to ucwmagazine.com and everything's there. Uh, Also, the UCW Radio Show is now opening the doors to sponsorship partnerships, so marketers that are interested in getting involved with UCW Radio, you can find out more by going to ucwmagazine.com. And if you're on Twitter, then you can shoot me out some questions or comments directly for our guests, or even for me for that matter. Um, whether we're live, whether we're not, again, same, same premise. My Twitter name is luis Velasquez, that's L O U I S, V E L A Z Q U E Z. Follow me and ask away. Now, without further ado, let's patch in the person that I call the matriarch of mixed martial arts, the one and only owner founder, promoter of Cage Fighting Extreme, a.k.a. Cage FX, the lovely Linda Shields. Linda, thank you so much for joining us today on the UCW Radio Show. It's great to have you on the line with us.
0: Hi, Lou. Thank you for having me as a guest.
1: Oh, no, thank you for coming on because, I mean, we appreciate all our guests, the time that they put aside for us. But this, today, it's, it's pretty interesting, and you being on the show, uh, for me, it's something special. Uh, Linda, you are a mixed martial arts promoter.
0: Yeah. And, and and that's
1: rare in the business. You founded one of the fastest up-and-coming mixed martial arts organizations, you know, called uh, Cage Fighting Extreme, or Cage FX, but not only on the Northeast, even though you're based there, but on a national level, you... You're expanding rapidly. You broke all the so-called rules, quote-unquote, the rules, by being a woman succeeding in a male-dominated arena.
0: That's so, what I hear.
1: Yeah, so, but before we get into KJFX and, and the promotion, uh, what I want to do is start with your journey from the beginning. You started out in public relations, right?
0: Actually, marketing, and, and I was marketing. recruited to do public relations via a program that I was working on had gone national.
1: Okay. What, what type of program was that?
0: I was working on a Peace Wicked Ale um, program, which was like winter sports, okay. and writing a plan for them and expanding it and bringing that crew to New England to implement the plan. And the plan just happened to work, and we exceeded our sales, so I was recruited by another firm, the Dean Agency in New York, mm-hmm. and they brought me on to do public relations.
1: Okay, so before you were doing a marketing and branding, and then you bounced up to PR with uh, the other organization. That's right. That's excellent. Now, you did some amazing things during your time in, in PR and marketing, and I read up on this, and one of the things that you actually did, you were you were instrumental in pushing the Senate Bill 397, which ultimately became a law at some point. Can, can you tell us about that? Because I find that interesting.
0: Well, the National Shooting Sports Foundation was finding – it's really difficult to pass the original Senate bill because somehow automatic weapons had gotten piggybacked with that particular bill. So it had basically pushed it out the door and it was in non-existence. So they had recruited me to come on board via the agency I was working with to implement the program and help push this bill through. So it was basically my job to be the voice and run the crew to get this done. So ultimately, we had passed the bill. Granted, it had turned into a, um, an additional Senate bill, but now stands as a law.
1: Well, that, that's amazing when you go in to do a PR job and you're instrumental in changing a law. I mean, that's a big thing. It's not like it a try- pretty exciting for me. Yeah, it's not like you're trying to push uh, potato chips or, or, or a bottle of soda. You're actually changing how we are as a society.
0: Right, and I think it's important, too, to you know have safety programs regardless of what the safety is. Mm-hmm. Public safety programs are extremely important, and it's something that I believe in, but didn't really know that I believed in it until I was part of the gun sport and the gun industry, being a woman and shooting weapons and, you know, walking through it and knowing that I could actually do it. Mm -hmm. Because I think women shy away from guns and they say, oh, no, they're dangerous. But not if you're educated in how to use them. And if it's a sport, you know, there's no reason why these guys that take, you know, guns as a sport, Mm -hmm. that they should not be honored with, you know, that right to be able to have the, the gun industry as a sport.
1: Yeah, that's true, and I think a lot of people, yeah, they see guns as being dangerous, but at the end of the day, you know, reality is, you know, people, you know, I mean, guns don't kill people, bullets kill people, and that, that's how that goes. You know, right,
0: There, they have no safety um, education, mm-hmm. and I think that people just automatically assume that guns equal, you know, street violence. They don't understand that, you know, what could turn up on the street and what did was you know, a gun that actually killed somebody that used to belong to a police officer that was sold through, you know, the market. And because those things happen every day, it's not the police officer's fault. He merely sold the gun, you know, as the state regulated it. And mm-hmm. at the same time, if it ends up in the hands of a criminal, why should everyone suffer?
1: Well, that's true. That's true. But, you know, sometimes the, the masses suffer for the actions of a few, and that's what happens in this world of ours. Right. Uh, but you we're went, talking
0: a lot of years ago, though, Lou. I mean, this yeah,
1: is, I know. You know,
0: yeah. my life has changed drastically. Oh, I know.
1: Oh, I know that. That's what we're gonna go through. This we're gonna kind of go through the chronology uh, of your 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 life because I think your story and your journey is fascinating. You know, Thank so you. you you honed. You're welcome. <laughs> you you, <laughs> you honed your PR and marketing skills. You know, you you began at the uh, the marketing agency, then you then you, you bounced up and. Uh, Then you, you were a PR manager. You, you were the, for such brands as what, Alaska Airlines, right? And the Shooting Sports Foundation, which uh, has something to do with this bill, right?
0: That's right. Um, The National Shooting Sports Foundation was the organization in the foundation that was, um, that was pushing to push the Senate bill through. Okay. But the, the Alaska Airlines one, um, really interested me the most because it was, Program called the Classroom Connection, Mm -hmm. which was a contest set up between the inner city kids in Boston and kids that were in Seattle, Washington. And the basis of the program was to introduce the new direct flights from Boston to Seattle, Washington Mm -hmm. that were direct on Alaska Airlines. Okay. But it was such a fun program. Mm -hmm. I got to go visit all of these Boston inner city schools
1: mm-hmm. and
0: some of these students have never been out of boston
1: hmm. so that they've never been lot.
0: they've never been anywhere and it was just so cool to see them get involved with writing essays about seattle washington and then see their excitement on the exchange program because the winning class ended up going to seattle washington mm-hmm. and the winning class from seattle washington came to boston as an exchange program
1: See, I, I love to hear things like that because a lot of people don't get it. They they see the end result, the commercial on TV, the whole nine yards. But when you're you're involved in marketing, even though the uh, the client is actually paying for the campaign, it's up to the to the marketing director or the advertising firm to actually go and put the branding plan in effect to give right. a good representation. So you come up with the ideas. They don't. That's your job. You so you came up with this idea to do this.
0: I actually didn't come up with it on my own it was it was a team effort with um well I I
1: I don't mean you per se you but your team during that time that time frame Yeah and
0: it was it was pretty cool to me be the person that was you know leading the team and be the person that was actually beating the pavement in Boston I was physically meeting with you know the Boston um school school public department and the teachers and the students and seeing their excitement and Going to the schools and some of these inner city schools have metal detectors at them. I didn't know that until the day I visited. Wow. It just blew my mind. Not all of them. Some of them have barbed wire around them and some parts of Boston were portrayed as, you know, just being a rough part of town. But I would never know these things had I not visited those schools.
1: Well, you know, by you getting involved in your team, putting that project in effect, you may have invoked change in the lives. Of, even if you invoke change in the lives of one kid, you did a great job. You know, so it was beyond just the flights, you know. You did right. something a little more than that, and that, that, that's fantastic. So you go from that, from from that arena. Now, you 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 see yourself opening up in, in, in the world of mixed martial arts. You go from that to MMA. What well, the, clicked well, what clicked in your mind for you to jump into that realm?
0: The transition didn't come with, you know, me being a a big fan of MMA. I was a fan but never thought of being involved with it. I could never imagine, you know, coming from a special effects makeup background as well. I could never imagine being a fighter and having somebody, you know, hit me and me walk around with a bruise. Mm-hmm. That wasn't my intention. Um it was more me being a fan of mixed martial arts in general, and there was another promoter that had approached me while my husband was a referee. He okay. was refereeing for the production, and the promoter had approached me to come on board and help with their marketing and advertising. Oh, wow, okay. And once he approached me, you know, after being um busy with it, I didn't jump on board right away until I went to a couple of shows and saw it, and it was so exciting. Mm-hmm. Then I said, whatever it is, I'm in.
1: So that that's kind of like what decided your fire aside right. from the I, sport.
0: I worked with them for a couple of years and then decided after looking around, I could do this on my own and blow it out of the water. There's something in this and I really believe by the energy in the crowd and knowing the fighters and meeting them and talking to them and understanding what they go through to become fighters, mm-hmm. their hard work and dedication and they're away from their families and their friends and Sometimes they're on the road for weeks at a time and I look at what they go through between their training and then making weight for the night of the weigh-in. I was like, wow, there's so much more to this. Mm-hmm. And then knowing the fighters and talking to them, them know they're such team members and they're such gentlemen and most of them are so smart and educated and they're just so misunderstood. Yeah. So I introduced a program that gave these fighters swag bags filled with promotional items. Mm-hmm. And I saw the looks on their faces. They had never been exposed to that before. They That's... were just totally taken back by it. And at first, I don't even think some of them thought it was real. Okay. But seeing their reactions and seeing how cool that was, I said, you know, there's there's something here that can be made into more. And then starting Cage Funny Extreme, we implemented all of these things as far as the swag bags go. And I have... A few dozen fighters that fight for Cage Funny Extreme exclusively.
1: That's a big thing for a fighter to sign with uh, your organization exclusively. Um, that shows their, their belief, their belief in you and what you're doing and where you're going.
0: Sometimes I find out via someone else that a fighter is waiting to come on board with us but I don't even know it.
1: Yeah, well, that, that just, you know, pat yourself on the back because you're doing something great. Now I have to ask you a question before before you saw it going forward because I want to kind of get again I want to try to go in line and that way we get a good understanding of who Linda Shields really is and I think we're getting a good understanding of that now because it's not just all about well I woke up one day and I'm gonna I, I just want to roar and I'm gonna go and do mixed martial arts it <laughs> wasn't any, anything near that right um but what's the typical reaction that you get that you got from your closest friends when you told them that you were going to start this? Now, and I don't mean the support factor, because I know that they do support you, but just the initial reaction when you told them, hey, I want to launch launch a uh, mixed martial arts organization.
0: Well, my parents aren't included in this, right? Uh,
1: you could if you want, but it's up to you. I'm I, I right. just thinking about your close friends.
0: <laughs> well, my, my parents, are, they're, they already know how crazy I am, so okay. nothing I do ever surprises them. But they know whatever it is, I'll give 100% effort and I'll turn it into something. They know my pattern. So anything I bring to their attention, they're they convinced I'm crazy, Mm -hmm. but they accept me for who I am. They know that they'll never know what to expect from me tomorrow. So putting my parents aside, my closest friends and a lot of the people that know me, Mm -hmm. they they know my business background, but at the same time, they're more confused. And I just got this again last week. People think that I'm entering to be a ring card girl.
1: Yeah, see, that that's what we're going to get into in a second, and that that's the the stigma that's in mixed martial arts, and that's something that you're breaking, you know. And but I want to I want to go into this because you trained in firearms. All right, I found that out. That that makes you dangerous. Right, <laughs> so, so, so you got me on edges. It is. <laughs> But, but you also worked as a special effects makeup artist, you were doing makeup, you know, to, to the, to stars and whatnot, and you moved into marketing, you did that, marketing promotions, you, would, you were, you working for that organization, I don't, I don't know if I should mention the name of the organization, I don't know if it Probably matters, not. yeah, it doesn't even matter, um, but then you became a, a an MMA promoter, okay. I did
0: both jobs, simultaneously, as far as doing PR and marketing and my makeup, I, I work two
1: full-time jobs. Oh, see, that that's even more interesting. See, I didn't know that. That's new. So that's new to me anyway. So little by little, you, you flowed you know, into the world of entertainment through your makeup stuff, uh, the stuff you were doing, then you were doing the, the MMA stuff. I mean, did you know that you were piling up all these skills, marketing, PR, this, that, that would ultimately lead you to your greatest challenge yet?
0: No, I I didn't even, it didn't even dawn on me that these skills were being compiled, mainly because my personality and who I am, I'm the type of person that if someone talks to me about a a subject and I don't know anything about it, I'll need to read 10 different books cover to cover to figure out what the underlining formula is to be able to have that conversation. So to me, learning is everything and figuring something out and getting to the bottom of it is really who I am as a person, I'm one of those people that believes in my mind there's nothing I can't accomplish between you know fixing a car or riding a motorcycle. Mm-hmm. So in my mind, I want to learn all the time. So I didn't realize that I was actually acquiring all of these skills.
1: I, mean, I, I, I love that. I love that you have that drive and you you, you don't want you, you won't let anything stand in your way from where you think you belong. And I think that's beautiful and that's inspiration. Well, you're talking
0: to somebody that drove a plow truck for eight. Years for the city.
1: Yeah, see that people should that are listening to this should see what you're saying. Actually, really hear what you're saying because basically, you're. I mean, you can do anything you want to do if you put your mind to it. And that's what you do. You, you're not afraid to get your hands dirty.
0: No, not at all. It was yeah. in, when things are approached. I guess by me, I'll still give a hundred percent. It doesn't matter what I'm doing mm-hmm. between digging ditches or you know putting makeup on somebody. But in my eyes, I look at it as, it's another opportunity to make a living, mm-hmm. and with the economy being tight, there's nothing that's beneath or above me
1: mm-hmm. that
0: I can't face.
1: Well, I think that's an awesome state of mind, and, and, and that's a great way to think, because you know, then you're ne- yeah. you'll never starve. But you're also destined for great things, and I, and I know that. Now, this this question, I know you get this question, over and over and over and over again uh, of you being a woman in a man's arena as it relates to MMA, and the only reason I bring it up is because it, it what I find interesting is that I'm really not floored that you as a woman jumped into to the MMA arena at first i'm not I'm not floored about that, I Why is that? I'm not floored because it's overdue and, and and the thing is is that you have people. They run organizations that are fighters or they're, they're within the mixed martial arts arena. And they're working from within and they're promoting from within. It's, it's great. You know everything about mixed martial arts. But there's, there are other components outside that you need to implement. Because mixed martial arts, because of the UFC and now affliction, is mainstream. So if you're not prepared for that, what, what's going to happen? You, you'll be stuck in a little pocket. And right, change. I find
0: it's a little easier for these other promoters to come out and promote a show when they already have their MMA connections set in stone. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, but you you came out of the box, not having all of that, and I I think you're a smart businesswoman. There's no doubt about it at all. What well, I thank find you, you're, you're welcome. Uh, what I find interesting is that in an industry that is dominated by males, you have no problem going head-to-head with the best MMA promoters in the world. Uh, you know, Do you think, and this is my question, do you think that you have an edge by being a woman in a male-dominated industry, industry, or do you think it's more of a blockade?
0: Well, I think the question can be answered two ways. I think that it coming out of the box, it was brought to my attention by media outlets after they, they had contacted me as soon as I had announced Cage Funny Extreme. Me being the first female MMA promoter in New England, so that was brought to my attention. Which it wasn't really my my thing coming out and going into it. That wasn't what I was thinking. But sure, it helped, you know, getting a couple of stories in the beginning. Mm-hmm. But it, that died really quick. So I think that overall, it sort of hurts me, and it is an uphill battle. It's a little bit of a struggle because I don't believe that people that are outside of my organization really understand, nor would they have any reason to respect or understand what I'm doing. I know that with my fighters, I get a lot of respect from them. My teammates, I get a lot of respect from them, and they understand what I'm doing. I've been labeled as, you know, the no-nonsense type of person in the business approach, and mainly because the shows really are about the fans and the fighters, and that's my focus. Mm -hmm. So whatever, you know, the others are going to say and whatever they're going to do, I can't imagine that they're going to be able to pass a good judgment without coming to one of my shows, sitting in the seat, or walking in my steps and seeing what I deal with, you know, for details on a regular day-to-day basis.
1: Mm-hmm. It's you know, not easy. up at
0: 3 in the morning and 5 in the morning and, you know, being on the road or, you know, trying to deal with fighter issues and dealing with um, – my husband's a matchmaker for Cage Fighting Extreme and dealing with him telling me that a fighter gets injured the day before a fight or has staph infection or MRSA or, or you know – Whatever the situation is, still all of those details come to my attention, and I don't know that these people that are on the outside looking in just believing that, well, she's a woman, who does she think she is, have actually been told by other people saying, you're a woman, you'll never survive.
1: Well, I, I think that a lot of people on the outside, just with anything, they, they're looking in, but they're only seeing the end result. And they think right, that. they see the show. Right. They see the show. It's just like, you know, with the WWE. Vince McMahon, him and his wife, I mean, he's the best promoter, period, in, in any sport. He knows how to right. throw a show. Okay? And he built up an organization basically from his father's uh, situation and took over the industry. He knows how to throw a show. It's about giving the fans what they want. And if you're giving the fans what they want, and no matter what you're going through in the meantime, but your end result is clear and concise and people are looking at it and saying, wow, it's a great product, that's all that matters to them.
0: That's right. Well, and the fans only see the outside and the fighters understand. Hmm. Um, a lot of the other promoters, I'm sure, look at it and say, you know, I wonder what she's doing to fill up that place. She's a woman.
1: Mm-hmm. Of course that they're doing that because that, that's the age-old question. How, how are you going to put... Asses in the seats, and that's what it comes down to. And that's what it comes down to, and it always comes down to that with any type of promoting. Um, And I think that you know, and we had a comedian. I I was talking to a comedian, uh, a female comedian, uh, a few days ago. We had her on the show, uh, Tracy Tedesco, and she said something interesting. She said when she goes to a uh, to go perform, when she used to go perform, is it was interesting how she would go in, and there would be a guy. To, to go perform before her and they would announce him this is so-and-so a comedian he would go up but then when she would go up it would be a situation like oh well this is a female comedian and she's so-and-so and she's pretty funny and give her a hand you know it was like saying hey you know it's like taking a little kid hey you know this little kid uh, can play the piano a little bit but you know something you know support support the kid and and right. th- that that's the feeling that she got, and I know that's the feeling that you probably get or, or the vibe that you get from people as well.
0: Absolutely. I've heard people and it just happened last week, someone we were finishing up a meeting and I was in the lobby of one of our partners and a woman that was in charge of the um the entire organization had never met me mm-hmm. and had heard about our shows and she we were talking for a little while in the lobby and twenty minutes into the conversation, she looked at my husband and said, um and said, So she works for your show too? And he said, No, she doesn't work for my show. She's the promoter. It's her show <laughs> It was it was totally just random the way that it happened mm-hmm. but it just showed me she really believed that I was part of a ring card girl contest.
1: Wow.
0: It didn't even dawn on her that I would ever be, you know, a woman promoting an MMA show and she was really taken back. She actually you know, didn't say anything for about a minute.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I believe that. And it's it's funny, but that's the stigma, that's the message that's put out there. And then that, then that that's what they do, you know, and and, and it's as I said, it's a male dominated industry, so you do have those hurdles to get over. Right. But, but I think you have all the components in there for you to make, for you to make that happen, for you to get over those, those blockades, because once you do that, you know the sky's the limit. Um, now, even though there are a lot of uh, regional MMA organizations across the country, you have the UFC uh, and Affliction. Probably, well, no, probably they are the most capitalized. And for all intents and purposes, they are the leaders in the MMA industry. No right. doubt about it. Uh, you learned how to bring your marketing skills to the table. You have a strong appreciation, not only for the fighters, but for the fans, the press, the vendors, sponsors, everybody involved. Do you think all these, all these things that you bring to the table, do you think that sets you apart from your competition?
0: I say, you know, maybe it does, but at the same time, I don't know because we we are all um, promoters and we all have the same resources. Mm -hmm. But I really believe that it is all about how you utilize those resources that you're faced with.
1: But uh, maybe maybe I should maybe that was an unfair question. Maybe I should just rephrase it and say, do you do, do you feel that you having all those components is actually and you having a better understanding of how everything? works in 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 the mainstream world do you think that that gives you a better insight and in, in making your promotion greater than what it is
0: i say it may i really haven't thought about it but i think that we will pay attention to more of a detailed aspect of mm-hmm. it so it, it may help us
1: Okay, well, I, I think it it will help you because having an understanding of how things work outside of your bubble is a key component with making things work. Because you can't get stuck in a little pocket in a, in a corner of the world and expect to continue to to move forward. Um, you you don't fly fighters in, right?
0: No, we we don't. We have a couple oh, fighters that um that have flown in. And one of its, uh, Chandler Holden is now located in Colorado. Mm-hmm. He flew in for the June 20th show that we had, but he fights primarily out of Y crew in Boston. Right. So we like to give the fighters that are in this New England area an opportunity first to showcase their skills. Right. Because we feel as though they're, by a lot of local shows, they may be passed over because they're local guys who want to see them, you know, maybe they're not going to be as popular.
1: Yeah, well, that's that's what you know. People perceive that as being the case. You know, you don't you don't go out there and you don't woo great fighters. Let's say from California to come no. to, to come compete at at KJFX. So, I mean, you have a lot of organizations that may do that. Just to draw in the crowd, to bring in a name from somewhere else, say, okay, you know, we're bringing in so-and-so, he's going to fight here, and there's a main event type of thing, and blah, blah, blah. Just like you know, with, with, with independent wrestling, same thing, you need a name to draw the crowd in, uh, or, you feel, or you feel no one's going to come in. You actually want to promote your local talent and give them a push. I think it's smart marketing, and it actually preserves your capital reserves. Uh, right. Was that the game plan from the very start to promote That was the game
0: plan. We we have not swayed it was one of the things that we talked about that was extremely important that you know these fighters that are locally they need an opportunity and they will be big names and they are very talented and they deserve the recognition. Nobody knows them mm-hmm. because they were never promoted properly. Mm-hmm. So I I get phone calls constantly and this is not an isolated situation from people that are on the outside looking in and they want to know how is it that one of my amateurs that hasn't even stepped foot in the cage is a rock star (laughs) and it's with proper promoting Mm -hmm. so it just so happened that you know when he did step foot in the cage he had the biggest fan base in the crowd and people were like why is this fighter so popular he's never even stepped foot in the cage before
1: well, you, you branded him well, and, and that's a big thing, without a doubt. Uh, I think that what you're doing with giving the fighters the opportunity uh, to grow within your organization is fantastic. Because, as I said, you know a lot of times you may have a local promotion that will have local guys on it, but the local guys won't get the push that they, that they need to succeed in the business. And I call it a business because it is. At the end of the day, you're fighting, but it's still a business if you create it to be such. If that's going to be your livelihood. Right. You know, and that's what happens. Now, you, you've you developed something that works, and you have a machine that works. Do you see yourself branching out into other regions, either by having affiliations or quote-unquote satellite organizations under CageFX or under the CageFX banner? Or do you see yourself doing that on your own? Do you, uh, are those any options for you as far as expanding?
0: They are, they are absolutely options. Um, us expanding is one of the big things that is on our mind. Um, it's not in my six-month plan right now because we've already superseded our six-month plan from the beginning. We're only on number show, uh, show number five coming up on mm-hmm. September twelfth, and for us to grow this much in a short amount of time is a little overwhelming and I I need to step back and and look at it and regroup to rewrite the plan. Mm -hmm. And to have such a large show already, I wasn't even sure if I was prepared for the August show that just happened. And putting that many people in one location clearly makes me think that, you know, I need more staff Mm -hmm. because I can't do it on my own. So branching out is an option. I'm looking at other avenues as far as branching out, not not solely for Cage Fighting Extreme, because I really believe that you're right. We we have a really good machine right now that works well, and I'm not looking to grow too fast, too soon, because Mm -hmm. I I feel as though that what it'll do is it'll hurt the brand of Cage Fighting Extreme and Cage FX as it'll as it's been labeled.
1: Right.
0: it would hurt it in a manner in which that those little details that I really stand for may be overlooked, and I don't want that. Right. I want to make sure that every detail is covered and my staff, I still know them on a first name basis. I still know all the fighters and their birthdays and what their records are and and that's important to me to step back and talk to those fighters and know them and I don't feel like branching out right now will give me that same feel.
1: Okay. That that makes a lot of sense cuz going too fast too quick, you know, you can crash and burn.
0: Right, we're just. I just don't believe that as an organization we have enough shows under our belts to branch off right now. Um, I like the feeling of, you know, the fighters and seeing the look on their face when they come into our organization for the first time, and and I stop them and talk to them, and they're taken back by it. I really like that. I enjoy the look on their face because they've they're not used to being stopped like that, or see, it seems like they're not used to being stopped like that.
1: Oh, well, you're doing something right, not only for your organization, but for your people, and that's great. Now, Linda, although there are women involved in MMA, whether they're fighters or any other, uh, I guess, level they're at in mixed martial arts, I'm actually going to do something, and I'm going to go on the record by calling you the matriarch of mixed martial arts. I want you to take that moniker and, and, and own it, because that is you. Uh, I'm doing this because after speaking to you and doing my research and seeing what you you have going on, there's no doubt in my mind that you are just beginning to spread your wings. In a year's time, you'll be at a much different level, no doubt about it. As you said, you're you're evolving as an organization, but you're evolving as an organization. You're evolving your thought process to bring your organization, your fighters to a level that they belong, and it's going to happen. Now, how does it feel for you, having given birth, and you probably don't think about it, but having given birth to something with so much potential?
0: Well, I don't, I don't put much thought into it only, you know, on my own end, because to me, it's only natural, what I do comes natural, it's not, there's no effort put in whatsoever for me to be who I am. And the only effort that I see that, that I put in is, you know, the long hours and keeping these crazy hours, which are completely opposite of what, you know, the, the normal human being would ever think is normal mm-hmm. because most people see it, you know, there people are willing to work hard these days, which is eight in the morning till eight at night. That's a normal work day for people. Right. So none of this nine to five stuff that just doesn't exist anymore. So the way that I see it is, you know, being up at three o'clock in the morning to meet a deadline, it's. It's one of those things, if I know it has to be done, I just do it. I don't say, I can't believe I have to stay up till 3 o'clock in the morning. I know the next day I'm tired, mm-hmm. but at the same time, I don't have to do that every day, so it really doesn't affect me. Right. So I don't know how, how I'd answer that question as far as understanding that I've given birth to something that's going to be huge because I know in my mind what I want it to be, mm-hmm. and I know what my team wants it to be and everyone's really excited with the direction that we're headed.
1: I I understand that. I mean, you're you're a humble person. I I know that. So, well, again, maybe that is a leading question uh, because you haven't taken the time to sit back and say, wow. And hopefully you will do that in a year's time and say, wow. You may not because you're you're driven. You know, if you go from driving a plow to, to doing all this stuff and not afraid of getting your hands dirty. Well, well what that you, was a
0: mistake that turned into, you know, me doing it for eight years.
1: Yeah, well, sometimes things happen that you don't expect to happen, but they do. Right. <laughs> right. Now, now, here goes a big question. This this you can answer for me because I, the Cage FX brand, I, I like it just the way, you know, it sounds and everything. Uh, do you see yourself coming out with a line of Cage FX uh, wear and training equipment, things of that nature?
0: Well, I, it's funny that you asked this question because yes and no. Yes, because um, I am also an airbrush artist. Oh. So I've airbrushed shirts and, you know, a couple of them say fight diva and one says I fight like a girl. Okay. And they're just very cute. So I'm getting a lot of attention from me wearing those shirts myself. Oh. And even though them, each shirt is an original design, people and women stop me between the supermarket and no matter where I am. I could be at the weigh-in. I could be at the fight. No matter where I am, people stop me and say, Where do I get one of those shirts? And I laugh because it's an original design. My husband gets a kick out of it mm-hmm. because he's there's nothing unexpected that I do, you know, that shocks him. Well, and uh... we look at it and there are different T shirt designs that have been presented to us mm-hmm. and we'd like to come up with some type of a line in a gear, but we'd like to have somebody that knows about T shirts that's able to educate me in that area first. Because I don't really want to jump in and be, you know, in the t shirt business because I'm really busy with promoting.
1: Right, right. But I am
0: open for suggestions and I am absolutely looking for, you know, somebody to bring some t shirt to our attention and say, Mm -hmm. hey, this is the type of line that you need. I want someone to tell me what they think my business would grow with.
1: Maybe you'll get someone that's in that business and maybe they'll want to partner up with you to run the line. That's not a bad deal either. Absolutely. You know, it's all marketing, you know, it's all merchandising, you can go do that. Uh, even training equipment, you can get a, a you know, a training equipment company to come and say, hey, you know, we, we'll make this, we'll, we'll brand this line on the KGFX as long as it meets your your specifications, your approval, then it shouldn't be a problem, you know. So uh, that is out there, people. Um uh, yeah, they're, <laughs> they're open. They're, they're open for suggestions. And you know the funny thing, just, just to go back to your t-shirt story, you know, if you think about it, you know, everything starts somewhere. You know, even, even the the slogan, have a nice day, you know, it started somewhere. And it became, right. you know, the little smiley face, you know, it's like, it's all over. And that's something that'll stay with us for, for some time to come. So certain slogans on t-shirts, especially now with all the uh, the uh, the rebirth of, um, I guess, vintage t-shirt slogans, things like that are coming out, so uh, who knows what can happen uh, with that with you, but I think it's a slam dunk if you get the right people involved. Uh, now, Linda, you have an event that's coming up this weekend. Can you give us all the details on it so our listeners can know what's going on?
0: I can I can try to give you all the details. If I give you everything, then you may not attend the show oh, okay. because I've already walked you through it. Okay, just um, a little bit then.
1: So just <laughs> okay. a tease. <laughs>
0: well, one of the one of the exciting things that's happening is um, first the show is September twelfth. It's called Mayhem in Mansfield. It is at the Mplex in Mansfield, Mass. There now, this particular venue it only holds three thousand people, so we're going to a smaller venue for good reason because after having you know. 7,500-plus 7, 7, people at my last show, and it being labeled the biggest, I need a breather. And the shows are so close together mm-hmm. that we need to regroup and go back to details for a minute.
1: So you, you, had, you, you filled a 7,500-person uh, stadium.
0: Well, it was more than that. It was closer to like 8,200, and that doesn't include our staff, nor our fighters, or their corners, or the press.
1: See, I, I knew I was right about you. I knew it. Now, $3,000, <laughs> you you are going to sell out, no doubt about it. You, you're going to sell out. But, yeah, continue.
0: We, we hope to sell out. Um, we have a lot of things that are happening for this show that are exciting. Mike Grash, which his nickname is Loco Lobo, um, he's a pro fighter, 46 years old, has a 3 and one MMA record. He's coming out of knee surgery, being resurrected, and this is his first fight back. Okay. That's pretty exciting to me because he's fighting a kid that's half his age and he's just one of those guys that has a complete passion for MMA. It's extremely exciting for me to watch him train and listen to him and you know, he jokes around, he's got an amazing personality. His wife is his main backbone. She wraps his hand into like this masterpiece that looks like plaster of Paris and she was trained by Mark Delegrotto to wrap the hands. Okay. When they're at our fights, people are in the back room just standing over her shoulder to watch what she wraps And I love the fact that she's a woman. She's got drive. She trains. She teaches Muay Thai. And they train out of uh, CCFA, which is owned by Pat Schultz. Mm-hmm. And Mike Rush is his main trainer. So he's coming out of knee surgery and being resurrected back into the cage um, this Saturday. He's very excited. Um, there's also Manny Nebs, which is another um, promoter. In the New England area, canceled his September show to fight on our fight card, and this will be his retirement fight. He's not fighting after this.
1: So he had a show canceled, what he was doing to be part of your event.
0: That's right, and he's another New England promoter.
1: Aha, uh-huh. go ahead. So he continue, canceled continue.
0: his show and brought it into ours, which is yeah. flattering.
1: That, that's definitely a big. Uh, that's a big thumbs up for you. Go ahead, continue.
0: Well, he's all. That was the idea of. Um, Mike Varner, which is my operations, VP of operations, and Mm -hmm. he's also um, really good with coming up with these out-of-the-box ideas in, you know, approaching them. I mean, he's just one of those smart MMA guys. Mm -hmm. Plus, he owns a training facility. I mean, he's just a smart smart person. We also have our heavyweight tournament title fight. So that's another exciting aspect of it. We have Lee Bean, which is um, collegiate state champion wrestler with a – 5-0 5-0 MMA record he's now um, shooting for the MMA the cage FX MMA heavyweight tournament title fight belt this coming weekend and he's fighting Jason Doloff which is considered large angry man and they fought once before on another fight card and they're they're fighting again it was just the luck of the draw with the tournament and they're fighting again so a lot of people want to come and see that so whoever wins this weekend will get to defend this particular title at two additional fights this coming year and keep the belt. Okay. So this would be our first championship title belt fight.
1: Well, that's a big thing. That that is a big thing. This is your first yeah. championship title bout that's that's occurring, and um, yeah, th- th- this is why people should be at the show. No, no, well, no, no doubt about it.
0: We also have Rick Hahn, which is a three-time. Um, Olympic judo champ for USA. He's one of the guys that fights exclusively for myself and Cage FX. He is another guy that's kind of an animal fighter. Mm -hmm. They call him Ruthless Rick Hahn. He's fighting Brandon Weaver. They're both pro, 170 pounders, and a lot of people are coming out to see that fight because both fighters are very well respected, Mm -hmm. but Rick Hahn is one of those fighters that just has a fighter look about him, and He's just so humble. He's a nice guy. He works a full-time job. Same thing with Lee Bean. Lee Bean also has a, um, economics degree from Brown University, which she's one of those smart fighters. Go figure. Mm-hmm. I mean, these fighters are just, they're just so cool to watch their stories and look at their records and see the hard work that they put in. I and mean, they're just such dedicated people.
1: And it's, it's, that's not, um, I mean, what you're saying right now kind of like blows that whole stigma out of the water that, oh, you have an MM you have a mixed martial arts fighter in the ring, he must be, uh, you know, not the smartest guy in the world, he must be a brawler, he must be stupid, you know, so on and so forth, but that's right, the furthest just thing. Right, you
0: punch in the face for the cash. Yeah, and that's
1: the furthest thing from the truth because, you know, mixed martial artists at the core of it are still martial artists in some respect. Okay, and it's, it's, it's always a learning process. Anyone can learn how to go in and knock somebody out, but, you know, they are actually learning techniques, and it does take a strong mind to do that.
0: I believe that, too. Yeah. I have a lot of respect for these fighters and what they put in as far as their day-to-day lives, from holding full-time jobs to being parents and raising kids and training, And they just put so much into it that the night that they fight, I believe in my mind that it's more exciting for these fighters and it's more respectful to these fighters by me filling up that audience Mm -hmm. and letting them fight in front of a huge crowd as opposed to a little tiny crowd.
1: Without a doubt because they get the accolades and, and, uh, they, you know, for that moment, they're above everything. And that's a good right. feeling. And that that is a good feeling because it's like, wow, you know, I love what I do and um, I'm, I'm in my element. And they go home, they feel accomplished, and that's fantastic. Now, Linda, how can fans keep up with KJFX, uh, what's going on with, with the organization, get autographs, updates, things of that nature?
0: They can go to KJFX.com. Um, they can also find us on MySpace, Facebook, Twitter, um, Dig, where connected to all of them plus we have a new voting poll going on on KJFX Blogspot, blog spot which they can be connected from cagefx.com and they can vote for whatever fighter that they're looking for to take the win that
1: night okay and i know that a lot of guys that are listening to this uh this show they're interested in, in the next thing beyond the fighters. They're interested in, in the next thing, and that's your, uh, your uh, I guess cage effects girls. I, I I forget the term that you used.
0: Extreme team girls. There you go,
1: extreme team girls. I'm sure they're interested in who uh, who you have so far.
0: Oh, that my girls are awesome. Um, we we cultivate them, and these girls are right on board they understand everything that's going on my girls are extremely smart well educated they all hold full time jobs and they're part of our team they've gone through detail upon detail when it comes to trying out for the extreme team and it was so important to us to get girls that know what's going on they're not just up there being a pretty face they really need to connect with the audience mm-hmm. and Linda Rose is the the head of my extreme team she she coordinates the girls and you can't miss her because she's in one of the videos on YouTube. She's, you know, under five feet tall, but when she's up there in the cage, she's like six foot five and she <laughs> knows what's going on. It's just, it's amazing because she has her own fan base. People hold up signs in the audience, cheering her on. And then I have Jamie Prano, which is the one with the long dark hair mm-hmm. and Caroline Blake, which is the one with the long red hair. Mm-hmm. So each one of my girls has a different look, different talent and a different aspect about her that can appeal to the crowd.
1: Right. they all have their own fan base and they're, they're, you know, connecting with the audience and helping to make the show as good as it can be.
0: Right. And, I mean, it, it only helps that these women are gorgeous.
1: Yeah. Yeah. No, I mean, no, that's they don't. A... Go ahead.
0: They don't drive to work dressed the way that they're dressed in the cage.
1: <laughs> yeah, I would think not. <laughs> no. People ask
0: me all the time, they say, what are the, what are the, um, cage girls? They call them cage girls. What are the cage girls wearing to the weigh-in? And I'm kind of taken back. I said, they're normal clothes. What are, what are they going to wear? And uh, they're, they're looking for them to dress in like these little string bikinis. And I said, these girls have normal lives outside of cage fighting extremes. So when it comes to being in the cage, they get dressed for the cage right before the cage.
1: Yeah. And then when
0: they come out of the cage, they're dressed back in their normal
1: clothes. Right. It's just, it's, it's a, it's something that they do just for the event. And right. And that's it. Now, are you holding, uh, auditions or anything for, for new, uh, Fighters or new um, extreme uh, girls.
0: Always new fighters. Um, we always accept applications for um, new fighter requests, and they can find that out from cagefx.com. Same thing with the extreme team girls. We will use contingent extreme team girls, and we're always looking for more girls to come on board. Um, once they come on board, they have to be able to work with the team, mm-hmm. and then last on board. Right. Because getting on board is not quite as easy as it is lasting on board.
1: Yeah, no, without a doubt. I think an opportunity like that is fantastic. If you're an up-and-coming actress or model and you want to get exposure and you want to really connect with a good organization, those that are listening, you know, go to cagefx.com and, and, and look, look into this because it's one good way to get out there, especially if you enjoy the physical uh, part of uh, MMA. Because as you market, Linda, as you market KJFX, you're marketing everything associated with it. So in short, by default, they get marketing as well. Right. And that's how that operates. Now, Linda, this is the time of the show that we give our guests the floor to go over anything that we haven't touched during uh, during the show. Uh, Anything that we haven't covered. I don't know. Maybe I missed something. So if there's anything that you want to talk about. Feel free, to be, if you want to mention your sponsors, feel free to do that as well.
0: Well, we've covered just about every basis, Lou, and I appreciate you taking the time. Um, some of, a couple of our sponsors that have been with us since the beginning, and one of which I have to give a shout out to is H2Ocean, because they've been with me since day one, and they believe, and they are just, they're just unbelievable people. I mean, I'm, I'm just, I'm honored to have them on board. We just recently took on Defense Soap, which um, the owner of that is a great guy too and is willing to just do so much. I have a bunch of other um, people that have jumped on board. We had 17 vendors at our August 1st show. Nice. Which I understood was completely unheard of. I couldn't even believe it after I counted them.
1: Nice. Well, you and heard. looking
0: at it, I know that people will want to go to the September 12th show, and then I have November 14th at the Jungle Plex. And that show is a lot of fun. We did it June 20th, and we transformed the inside of the Jungle Plex into a military battlefield. Complete with real-life military vehicles on the inside and the outside. We had the (laughs) Army, Navy, National Guard, Marines, all in attendance, and they were all representing their different outlets, and it was just so nice to also give a portion of, uh, actually we gave 100% of the proceeds of the raffle items to the Family Readiness Group, okay. which is a organization set up to help families that are behind for the military uh, deployed troops.
1: Oh, okay. That, that so sounds- that was
0: very cool. We made dog tags for our fighters and our staff, and everyone was dressed military-themed. So the Jungle Plex is a really fun place.
1: Oh, that sounds like a lot of fun. See, you you, you make a show worth going to as opposed to just putting something together and putting two fighters in the ring. Get going, there's no flash, there's no glitch, you're you're, you're trying to you're trying to give people uh, I'm gonna say uh, well a Hollywood experience okay but not being in Hollywood.
0: Right. You know, and that, that's
1: what you're doing uh, and that's fantastic I think uh, you know mixed martial arts fans in your neck of the woods in New England they're fortunate to have you uh, doing this because you're, you're doing something great. Now, You, you uh, are you looking into uh, being televised, or are you televised now?
0: We were just recently, um, the August 1st show, HDNet um, and Inside MMA came to cover the show, but we also had um, two special guests at our show that got a lot of um, footage, and it was Alex Barton from The Amazing Race, and... Burton Roberts from Survivor. Mm-hmm. They had come in to look at it, too. So we we got exposure in that manner, but on a permanent basis, nothing yet. And I want to kind of be selective because I don't want to lose sight of what cage-fighting extreme is.
1: Right. That's good. You're being very particular on what direction you go because you're not, you're not thinking so much about just the, the financial aspect of it. You're thinking about the longevity.
0: Right. We're looking to stay right. around. We're not just looking to be you know, they, how they label it, one and done show.
1: Mm-hmm. Well, I, li- I like that. I, I, Linda, I am impressed. I'm truly impressed. Uh, you made a statement that no matter what obstacles are in front of you, no matter what adversity a person faces, man, woman, whatever it is, it doesn't matter. You know, you, you're, you're a woman that can take a male-dominated, you know, mixed martial arts world. You're taking it by storm, you're, and you, you're rocking it to its core even though you don't you don't realize it but you're you're invoking change and that is always a good thing and you're showing people that anything's possible and that's thank an isp- well that is an inspirational message so i thank you for allowing me today to tell you know to to get into your story and for you to tell your story to our listeners because you did send an inspirational message that a woman is running a, a, a potentially major organization in a male dominated, not dominated industry and it's just going to continue to go on and on and you, you, you will have longevity um, I know that uh, CageFX is just beginning to grow and I know you have a big future ahead of you. I know you have a, you have a show coming, um, come, coming up on Saturday and if it's okay with you down the road as you're growing because you will grow I want to follow up with you. I want to get you back on the show to, to get an update so our listeners can find out what's been going on. Absolutely. And so on and so forth, because I think that they're going to be interested in that. Um, that That's great. Uh, again, thank you once again. And listeners in the Northeast, if you're in New England, make sure to make it out to the Mansfield Sportplex. Uh, or the locals know it as the m Right, Linda? Right. Okay, in Mansfield, Massachusetts, uh, and that's on this Saturday, September 12th, 6.30. And it's sure to be a night to remember. Don't miss out. It's a uh, it's, it's a great show. Don't miss out. Try to make it there. What is your major malfunction? So let it be written.
0: So let it be done. Ladies and gentlemen, my mother
1: thanks you, my father thanks you. My sister thanks you, and I thank you.